The same way that an owner's building has a physical foundation, we see blockchain as the ideal digital foundation for an owner's project because it saves money for the lower tier parties, right? Which eventually that makes it up to, you know, the way up to the owner and the owner will get cost savings. It gives you better data, which reduces risk, increases transparency. So that reduces risk for the owner. If you have more downstream visibility into your obligations on your project, that's going to help. It gives you more clean data insights. It's perfect for a digital twin, kind of like you were saying, you know, a database and all the information in it, it goes away if the construction company that has that database goes away. So that data that you built, you know, a project 10 years ago, you're screwed if you don't talk to that company anymore. Not with blockchain, you still have that data. And welcome to episode number 64 of the Placemaking Podcast. I really can't wait to share this next conversation with all of you here today. I met Robert J. Salvador on Retweet several months ago and have been following him almost religiously ever since. Robert J. Salvador is the CEO of DigiBuild Software. Rob is a visionary driving force behind DigiBuild, an experienced builder, project manager, and construction technologist. Since the age of 10, Rob has witnessed what it was like firsthand for his dad struggling to run his construction company. Rob eventually started his own construction company, and those experiences and the lack of change over that entire time span led to his mission of creating a better way to operate construction projects in the construction community. Rob's passion for previous cryptocurrency startup experiences what led him to become a blockchain expert. In 2017, he had his aha moment, and the idea of how to apply blockchain to construction took form, and DigiBuild was born. Now, in this episode, we learned about Rob's past experience in the construction industry and how his passion for helping businesses and people grew into what is now DigiBuild. We discussed the key benefits of blockchain technology now it can be utilized in construction. And finally, we discussed how owners and developers can benefit by using blockchain technology to build an owner's manual of sorts for their next project. There's tons of great information in this episode. I hope you enjoy. Now, as always, if you have enjoyed this show, please subscribe to the show and share with your friends in the industry. There'll be more exciting conversations on the shows to come. So without further ado, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the show, Robert. Hey there. Thanks for having me, Matt. Uh, nice to meet you and uh, excited to get into things. Yeah, glad to have you on the show. You're a, you're a fellow retweet regular, I guess I could say. And uh, when I, I've been following you for a while and you had some real insightful stuff, so I'm pretty excited to jump into this one. Yeah, you know, I, I discovered Retweet only about six, eight months ago, but what a goldmine, huh? I'm not sure if it's similar with you, but, you know, I had kind of always thought, oh, it's Twitter, you know, it's for venture capitalists and technologists. And then I found, you know, a, a massive, you know, Retweet, as you call it, community. So, yeah, really happy I discovered that and met you and uh, happy to be here and talk blockchain and everything in between that and development and construction. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we jump into it, uh... Let's, let's learn a little bit more about you, Robert, and then uh, we'll transition that into DigiBuild. So can you just give us a, a brief backstory behind 
Robert and where you came from and, and then we'll kind of transition from there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm Rob Salvador, co-founder and CEO of DigiBuild. I come from the construction industry in general. So I uh, grew up in the industry. My dad owned a small contracting company um, that I worked for when I was growing up. And so literally I've been running around job sites since I was you know, 10 years old, mixing buckets of mud and helping my dad with you know, a bunch of things. You know, whenever I'm on a podcast or whatnot, I make an extremely lame joke, but a true joke that safety coordinators would, you know, probably drop dead if they found out, you know, the the 10 year old that was running around those job sites. But um, obviously put construction in my blood from a young age, uh, made me passionate about the industry. Uh, so I worked for my dad when I was younger. And then throughout the years, uh, I've worked in many different stakeholder positions. So I've been a owner developer, a general contractor, subcontractor, uh, really just got to experience a lot of the, you know, different pain points and just parts of the industry in general. Uh, about 10 years ago, I started my own construction company. So we started as a subcontractor doing framing, drywall, um, mostly interior work on commercial projects, apartments, hotels, things like that. And we were fortunate in that, you know, expanded, you know, pretty much around the country, worked in mostly all 50 states. And then eventually, uh, as time went by, we spun out a full construction management and consulting suite as well. So, you know, I was really fortunate to be able to, um, you know, get into the industry and, you know, succeed. And then about four years ago, I uh, had the idea for DigiBuild, you know, so I've been exposed to obviously, like I said, a lot of the pain points. And being that I've always been very much into technology and software, kind of went hand in hand, me seeing the pain points in construction and realizing how digitizing and digital solutions like software can really help to solve some of those. So that's where DigiBuild was born. And, um, you know, I've been a part of that for four years now. We're, you know, venture backed by some of the biggest investors out there, working with some of the top companies in construction. Um, and then I think lastly, kind of just on the subject of what we'll talk about today, blockchain technology, Web 3.0, some people know it as cryptocurrency. I've been in that space since about 2016. Um, so not only am I, you know, a big proponent, uh, an investor in cryptocurrency, but also I, I'm very much into the underlying technology, kind of the rails that make cryptocurrency possible, which is called the blockchain. Um, you know, the blockchain is to cryptocurrency what the internet is to a website, right? So the underlying technology that makes it possible. So that's kind of my story. Happy to be here and uh, happy to go through all these things with you. That's quite a background. You've uh, been in construction quite some time. That's that's obviously invaluable for understanding, like you said, the, the pain points that go along with just the construction process as a whole. Um, yeah, if you look at why I have a hat on all the time, it's because all my hair is falling out from all these years of uh, being in the construction industry. I've been there too long. So <laughs> you could tell uh, that I've been here for a while. I understand. I understand. And Mark and I are both also, you know, tangentially involved in the, the construction process. So we, we feel the pain for sure. Oh, yeah. You focused on, on blockchain here recently with DigiBuild. For those that aren't familiar with blockchain, could you kind of break it down, assuming I'm, I'm a fifth grader, you know? So anytime you're sending something on the internet, whether it's a picture, whether it's an email, a document, you're sending a copy. And so when that copy leaves your database, you lose control of it. So the person on the other side, when it hits their database, they can change the information, they can pass it along to someone else, 
they can really do whatever they want with it because now it's in their database, not yours. So now a document, let's say, has two copies that could be different or they could be redundant copies. And so basically what that means is we can't trust each other because that creates business risks. You know, if you send me a contract and you don't keep your own version or your own copy of that contract, what if I cross something out or erase something and make the contract, you know, $10 million more than you sent it to me for? So that lack of transparency into databases is a business risk. So what blockchain is, is a shared database. It's a situation where multiple different parties have access to the same database and the information in it. And when you're sending things, there's no way for any of those companies to do something that the other members of that database don't know about. So if I change a piece of information in a blockchain database, you're gonna know about it. Whereas in the old system, you wouldn't have known about that, right? So think of it kind of like a group text message. If I send a regular text message to you and I say, hey, um, you know, Mark, you know, who's on this call with us is super cool, right? There's nothing that stops you from taking, you know, changing the text message or forwarding it to Mark and saying, look, Rob just said you suck, right? But if I were to send a group text message to the three of you, to the three of us, sending that group text message, Mark would say, no, I see directly what Rob sent there. He didn't say I, I suck. He said, I'm awesome. So blockchain is essentially a shared database that allows all of the participants to always be in agreement about the data. So that's useful in things like construction, where you have you know, 50 different parties on a construction job site who don't trust one another, but they have to do business together and create a bunch of audit trails and whatnot. That's also useful for other use cases. Let's just talk cryptocurrency for a second. You know, blockchain makes cryptocurrency possible. Bitcoin is possible because the Bitcoin blockchain allows millions of people around the world to all be in that shared state of truth, to all be in agreement around a piece of data. In the case of Bitcoin, that piece of data is the ledger. Who owns what on the ledger? Rob owns this Bitcoin. Mark owns that Bitcoin, right? So blockchain allows groups of distrusting people or entities to trust one another. And when you do that, there's just a myriad of different use cases that are unlocked. Um, so I think we'll get into some of those. One that I will um, bring up just as a, you know, a purpose of, you know, for this conversation is in construction. We can fully automate certain processes that right now, currently without blockchain, you couldn't have automated. One of those examples is fully automating the process of creating, signing, and reviewing lien waivers, right? So in construction, in order to get paid, you have to sign a lien waiver, which is basically just creating an audit trail saying, hey, you paid me, so I can't sue you. Previously, we couldn't automate that fully because of the risk associated with that, because I don't trust you in your database. So if you say you're just going to automate that lien waiver, I'm going to say, hey, how do I know you're not going to screw me over and sign a lien waiver when you haven't paid me? So it's a business risk that just wasn't in automating that process, because in my database, I can't see into your database. But with a shared database like the blockchain, now there's no way that you can screw me over in that situation. So we could write software that automates the entire thing. So as an example of what we do at DigiBuild, all of the lien waivers, are 99% of the effort in creating them is removed. All the companies still get the end document they want, which is a completed, signed, real lien waiver, 
But because we can all trust one another in this network, we're able to automate that process where without that trust, without blockchain, that wasn't possible before. So if you think about that at scale, um, being able to have trust digitally between parties is absolutely society changing. And that's why many people think that blockchain and Web 3.0 are the future of you know, business and the internet in many ways. I love the idea of having uh, something central that reduces those inefficiencies or those gaps between the inefficiencies. Can you talk a little bit about how your flow and your process um, corrects those inefficiencies and, um, and, and how that maybe translates to how we would do, you know, submittals or change orders or, uh, or delivering, let's say, a construction project to a contractor and then contractor out to the field? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so one of the biggest problems in construction is the workflows and the date side of things. So because we don't trust one another, right, a lot of the transactions that happen between build audit trails, you know, manual audit trails, even think about, you know, okay, when you're ordering material. So a subcontractor has to order material from a supplier. Well, they don't trust one another. So they have to put a bunch of paperwork in place between them, right? Well, then the subcontractor has to take all that paperwork with the supplier. And in order to get paid from the general contractor, the subcontractor has to package all that paperwork, then create their own paperwork with the general contractor. And then the general contractor has to do the same thing with the architect and the owner developer or the lender. So we're just adding a ton of complexity right now because of the lack of trust we have between each other. And that's in addition to, like I said, all the complexity that's already taking place on construction projects. So what we do and what blockchain can do is create that trust digitally between all these parties. So first and foremost, it reduces the amount of paperwork, the amount of complexity that has to be put in place in order for us to do business together. So just that right there is taking burden off the project teams. And then what our software does is help you to manage the complexities that are in the field. So one of our tools is called DigiProcure. Basically what this is, is an automated way to find, order, track, and manage your materials from the supplier to the job site. And if you think about how that would happen in a platform, right? We all join this platform and the platform essentially helps to tee up the paperwork, helps to manage all of that, you know, creates all of this data that can be used. Now you don't have to do all that manual processing between other stakeholders. So it removes some of the paperwork between the supplier and the sub, between the sub and the GC. So blockchain is great because it helps to build trust between these parties. And then once trust is built between these parties, it makes it so many of the workflows are less complex. And so we use software to you know, reduce the amount of time that projects miss their material procurement dates, which plays into the project schedule. We use software to make sure companies always get the best material pricing. And so we're able to save companies up to 5% on ordering material for their job. So all of this kind of you know, affects the project as a whole and improves the processes. You know, a lot of what we do in construction is just building trust. And you know, that number, it's astounding. It's $170 billion per year is wasted in our industry due to construction management inefficiencies. So that's why platforms like DigiBuild and other software out there can really help to clean that up in an industry that is desperate for marginal improvements. Definitely, yeah. Some would say construction's a little, little bit outdated. Uh, it's slow to slow to advance technologically, 
And this seems like uh, an obvious transition and seemingly fairly less painful than some, some other transformations that uh, others have proposed. Are you receiving much pushback from those that maybe are set in their ways? And I guess, what are their pauses for, for doing such transition? Yeah. So, you know, I think you said it perfectly. Construction is very much, you know, set in their ways. And there's a lot of folks that kind of take the attitude of, oh, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. You know, we've done it this way for 40 years. We're successful in it. Construction is a very unique industry, but it's still an industry and even if you look at other, you know, markets that you would consider more industrial based, right, automotive, agricultural, um, mining, you're seeing those industries digitize, you know, rapidly as well. So construction is going to get there. You know, you're starting to see very tech forward solutions in, introduced into construction, you know, AI, ML, you know, modular building, which has been around for a long time, but is really now just starting to get traction. Um, you see things like smart materials, you see things like, um, you know, drones and whatnot. So as far as blockchain goes, definitely getting a lot of interest, um, especially from the big companies out there that have innovation leaders and staff who understand how big the benefits of blockchain and construction can be. Um, but one of the things that we're doing in order to kind of minimize that friction is we built out individual tools that are built on top of blockchain, but more important than the blockchain is just kind of the digitization piece of how we solve, how we use software to help solve pain points that are happening right here, right now for construction projects. So blockchain is definitely part of our long-term vision. We're continuing to add blockchain functionality but it'll probably be a couple of years until full blockchain um, capabilities are in place. We kind of make a comparison to Tesla, right? So Tesla has been building self-driving cars for 10 years now, but none of the cars fully self-drive yet. That's kind of a long-term vision. But they have been introducing you know, incremental functionality that improves upon current systems. That's kind of how we're doing with blockchain. So our current tools, are meant to solve pain points that are real today. You know, so I mentioned our tool, DigiProcure. We're having incredible results with contractors, just helping them not to miss procure procurement schedule dates. We're having results helping them save up to 5% in procuring that material. So just doing that solves pain for them today. Most of the big construction companies have three or four people in a procurement department who all day, all night, all they do is try and manage procurement. So introducing a software like ours allows them to reduce that number and move some of those staff members to estimating or project management. So talking, you know, kind of some of the blockers that happen in construction. Yeah, we get folks who are a little taken aback by, you know, the how new technology like blockchain is and how confusing it can be. But when they see how much our software is solving their pains directly, and then they look at how blockchain long-term can accrete and increase those benefits a hundredfold. They go, okay, you know, this is a good way to go into the market. We'll use your tools now, and then we'll kind of land and expand into the broader vision of blockchain. So the time is coming. Um, and the last thing I'll mention about that is last year, we went to the uh, AGC conference, Associated General Contractors Risk Conference in Orlando in June. And every single panel brought up the potential of blockchain 
And the last panel of the entire session um, on a big uh, presentation board on a, um, a screen said, what's the next frontier in construction? And in big red letters, it said blockchain. So the industry is definitely aware of the possibilities here, especially just at a high level. Construction's known for not trusting each other, right? Construction's known for lack of trust. So a trust-based technology makes a lot of sense here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love how the technology provides the opportunity for, you know, in, in prior years, we may say chain of custody, but from manufacturer to transit through delivery, through installation, I love how we can, we're starting to connect the pieces and provide, you know, the, the final building owner or the property manager, whomever it is, kind of this holistic understanding of what's here. And, and, and many times, you know, we don't have a consistent uh, method for like an owner's manual to you understand like what's the life cycle of these materials, you know, what's the, what's the long-term value, what's depreciating, um, what is appreciating in value. Um, talk a little bit about how this technology could dovetail into what the future after construction is over, what the future of those assets uh, might look like for, let's say, like a, a facility maintenance team. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that, you know, you may have heard, I'm sure you know this, is it's something like 60% of the data that's created during construction is lost before the project is even turned over, right? Let alone, you know, 10 years after the project and three owners later trying to go back and figure out, hey, what materials in my building? Like, you know, what, what's in the walls? What, uh, you know, electrical um, components do we need to reorder the next time they break? Um, so that's a huge blind spot for owners right now. And it costs the industry a ton. So like you said, chain of custody is a huge thing. You know, all of the monetary value and all of the, I guess, just important things happen around a centralized project, right? But then in order to get that centralized project, you've got 50 different parties with 50 different supply chains, with 50 different suppliers, with 50 different you know, workflows that they all engage in. So all of that data is everywhere. And the owner should have that data for their asset. Like you said, it's useful not only in maintenance and operations, right? You know, especially as we move into smart buildings and IoT, but it's also, also useful for the next time you want to build a similar project. Okay, if we went, you know, 30% over budget on our site work, I probably want to know that for the next 10 projects I'm going to do, right? So the fact that all that data is lost is a huge problem. Blockchain provides this really cool thing that's called provenance of data. So basically what that is, is an invisible string, for, or think of it as an invisible string from where the data is in your database to where that data comes from or where we got that data from, right? So what that allows you to do is never lose data. It also allows you to be sure that your data is accurate. So one of the biggest problems out there, you may have seen a report that came out um, both in general markets and in construction. Autodesk put out a report about construction. And then one of the big four um, consulting firms put out a piece of data about the entire market, all markets, which is that almost half of the data that we look at is inaccurate. So if you're creating data insights and half the data you're using to create those insights is inaccurate, that's not very useful. It's very wasteful, right? So currently, if you're an owner developer and you want to do a development, you're building a pro forma or you know, building out your plan, you might go to CoStar or one of those data sources, data organizations, 
and you know buy some data from them. But remember, going back to what we talked about, the lack of visibility into each other's databases, you have no real idea where that data came from. The data that you just bought from CoStar for very, you know, for a very high price, it could very well come from a junior analyst on their back end who did a Google search and provided you some insights and sold it to you. You wouldn't know any better, right? With blockchain, you have the provenance of the data. So what you can do is say, okay, we can guarantee you that the data we're about to give you comes from those 10 buildings over there. It, it came directly from it. The blockchain allows you to prove, hey, that data came straight from those 10 projects. And then what we can do with blockchain, blockchain is make that data anonymous so that you can't see each company, you know, so you're compliant. But now you're that same owner. You can go, okay, I can buy data from CoStar and I might not even know if it's accurate. It's probably half not accurate. Or I can use DigiBuilds blockchain to get that data. And I know those 10 buildings that I'm, you know, that, that neighborhood over there or whatever, I know the data I'm looking at came straight from those build outs. So I know it's guaranteed to be accurate. I know it costs $40 a square foot to build that neighborhood right there. I don't know who the companies were. I don't know if it was Turner Construction or uh, ODO Development that did it, but I know because of provenance of data that that data is accurate. And so now you think about the potential for that type of system at scale. Insurance companies are going to want the better data, right? So they'll plug right in to this blockchain network and get that data automatically. Obviously, the owner, as I said, you know, lenders are going to want that data. Labor unions who want to do their audits. Think about when you, we can guarantee that data is accurate from a system. Audits, just the, the game was just changed on audits because now we could do a one-click download. So the point I'm making here is blockchain, we see it the same way that an owner's building has a physical foundation. We see blockchain as the ideal digital foundation for an owner's project because it saves money for the lower tier parties, right? Which eventually that makes it up to, you know, the way up to the owner and the owner will get cost savings. It gives you better data, which reduces risk, increases transparency. So that reduces risk for the owner. If you have more downstream visibility into your obligations on your project, that's going to help. It gives you more clean data insights. It's perfect for a digital twin, kind of like you were saying, you know, a database and all the information in it, it goes away if the construction company that has that database goes away. So that data that you built, you know, a project 10 years ago, you're screwed if you don't talk to that company anymore. Not with blockchain, you still have that data. And then lastly, and I think it's, you know, a good point to make, especially today with the things happening, you know, geopolitical things happening, cyber warfare is coming. I mean, there's going to be massive cyber breaches over the next decade. It's already been happening. You know, the U.S. Treasury has been breached. You know, you've seen all the major data breaches from Target uh, to everyone in between, blockchain is a more secure way to store data than a centralized database. So just in security, you know, construction is a $10 trillion industry globally. Cyber warfare and cyber issues will make its way into construction. So that's another reason that owners should want that security of the blockchain. So happy to expand more on that, but that's kind of where it makes a lot of sense for owners to have these things, have their projects built on top of blockchain. Those are all excellent points. And, and I, I want to kind of keep on this same vein and this, this same transition here to more so those on the development side, maybe 
maybe you're not necessarily going to be the end user owner, but as far as managing projects from a development side and managing you know, your design team, your, your construction manager, is there any additional transparency or dashboards or, or something that, that could benefit uh, those in the development side? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things is it kind of depends on the developer, right? We have a developer who is a major hotel builder across the country who introduced DigiBuild from the top down because they want the software across the board. So to your point, developers aren't the ideal end user, but they're certainly one of the end users. Um, It could kind of be the general contractor or a developer that could introduce it. Um, Talking as far as like, you know, real efficiencies or improvements to construction management, Um, so it kind of, again, depends on what the developer does as far as managing construction, whether they have an owner's rep, whether they outsource that, whether they have like a third party CM, but you know, what our tools do, like I said, is one of the things is we make sure that companies never miss their material because with supply chains and disarray right now, things that typically have, you know, a four week lead time are literally a four months or sometimes longer lead time. You know, I think I've, I've heard people talking about, um, you know, different types of, of finish items like, um, or even FF&E items that are now, you know, year long lead times. Well, the developer that affects them if they were trying to get their project open by a certain date, you know, to be able to meet the numbers that they gave to their investors and in their pro forma and all of that. So just by digitizing processes, um, you know, we can do things to improve their, their, the way their projects run. We also have modules built out around payments. We have a tool called DigiPay. Um, what that allows the owner to do is manage their payments with the general contractor and also have more visibility into the lower tier obligations. Um, so by having all of the, you know, talk about the supplier invoices and the owner more visibility into that. And so now they have less risk of having, you know, a lien on their project they weren't expecting or, you know, a bunch of random change orders they didn't know about. Anytime, you know, kind of going back to the main point for owners, all of this complexity that is involved in construction starts from the outside and then makes it to the project. But that complexity creates issues for the project, more cost, more risk, more data that's lost. So anytime from the top down, from the owner perspective, that you can get that data to be built and reside within the project, you know, put it on a blockchain, that's going to be a benefit for the owner. So, you know, we pretty much do all of the things that um, the leading construction management softwares do. The only difference is we have a blockchain backend. We have that trust layer on the back. So we can do everything from help owners, you know, manage their contracts, manage their payments, um, RFIs, photos, um, like I said, procurement. We create audit trails, which are very useful. And, you know, whether it's, you know, like I said, you're being audited by an insurance company, or if you get into a dispute, you know, our tools and the fact that all that data is there for you help to avoid or um, mitigate disputes when they happen. Um, so, you know, again, we are kind of doing a lot of the similar things, the same things that the industry leaders like Procore, Autodesk uh, are doing, but blockchain kind of gives that that extra element. Uh, and because of that, you know, the industry leaders are all attempting to invest in us right now. Um, so we're in a you know, really fortunate position to be working alongside some of them as well. 
um, kind of the trailblazers, we consider them the generation one software of the industry. And we think DigiBuild will help lead the way into like the generation two software of the industry. I really appreciate you mentioning uh, the uh, importance of all of the risk factors and the, the general complexity that comes along with uh, the construction process and the design process and, and the investment as well. Uh, the one factor that I think most contractors and, and developers as well that I've worked with, they're concerned about is the schedule. Uh, because obviously time is money. If we're talking about lease up or we're talking about you know um, occupancy, um, talk to us a little bit and let's nerd out about how that scheduling works because we all are operating under one specific thing and that's time. Um, that's one truism that we all have to deal with. And, uh, and, and obviously, I think in the last couple of years, we've all looked at that work-life balance and how much we're, we're working uh, billable and also time we're spending, you know, doing other things. So talk about like scheduling, uh, but at the same time, like talk about kind of like life in general. How, how will this technology help us um, ease these kind of long hours maybe or these scheduling conflicts? Yeah, that's a great point to bring up. Um, so schedules are kind of the bane of everyone's existence um, in construction, right? You know, budget too, um, but a lot of those tie together. Uh, right now, 70% of projects finish late or over budget. So, you know, think about that failure rate. Even though the owner might give, you know, an extension, even though things might work out in the end, imagine if 70% of the time Amazon didn't show up or showed up, you know, six months later with your package. You'd never, you'd never use them again. But in construction, that's the norm. And a lot of that comes from, you know, all this complexity that we talk about. The schedule has so many dependencies, right? Everyone's seen a Gantt chart schedule um, with, you know, buildings broken down into different sections by trade. Some schedules are built better than others, but the schedules themselves are complex. And then the dependencies to hit that schedule are 50 times more complex because you have all these different, um, you know, parties who have to get their stuff done in order to meet that schedule. So schedules are extremely difficult. And I'll talk here in a second about how we help to improve schedules and what that might do for the industry. But before that, I want to touch on something else that you just said about what that failure rate, what that difficulty managing the industry does to the people in construction, right? It's no secret that construction teams, construction workers are overwhelmed. It's a high stress environment, high failure rate. Um, you know, because of that, you see a lot of like, you know, toxic culture around drinking and drug usage and even just mental health too. You know, one of the things that we always talk about as part of our story at DigiBuild is, you know, I mentioned my dad was in the industry. I watched him struggle for years. You know, one week he was doing great. The next four months, he was trying to find a job at McDonald's because he had got screwed over on a project and didn't get paid. I remember in like fourth grade, um, you know, my parents are divorced and my dad picked me up every other weekend. And I remember one weekend we were driving back and he was going to drop me off at my mom's. And I heard him on the phone tell his girlfriend, I don't know if I have enough gas to get home. If I run out of gas, I need you to come pick me up. And I remember hearing that. And before I left, I snuck into his glove box and I left $20 that I had. Right. So, you know, the pain of the industry is everywhere. And uh, my co-founder's story is even more powerful. So co-founder is April Moss. Um, she leads our operations and customer success. Long story short, her dad was in the industry too. Um, loved what he did, but, you know, dealt with the same problems that many of us had. And, you know, her family would have to go into the kitchen in the winter and get warmth from their gas stove because their electricity got turned off. 
And so that all led to April's father committing suicide when she was only nine years old. And so construction has four to five times more suicides than any other industry. And most people don't talk about it. So one of the things that we're very much trying to do is not just help the construction projects, but help the construction people. When you can reduce this complexity, when you can take them from having to work you know, 70 hours a week, maybe they have to do that less because their software is doing a lot of this busy work that they would have had to do. Again, building trust via paperwork, right? Checking a lien waiver for compliance. That's not a good usage of anyone's time. That's like, you know, busy work we used to call in school. Remember the day when they'd give us a, a crayon and say, hey, today's busy work day. We're not doing anything productive. <laughs> There's so much of that in construction. So moving to what software can do from that, again, when you remove complexity and stress and high failure rates from the people, that improves their lives as well. Now let's talk, go back to the schedule for a second. So talking about all that complexity, it's just too much for one human to manage, right? You've got 30 or 40 or 50 different subcontractors and then all that other complexity around that. What our software can do is basically we allow companies to upload their project schedule. So it can be a P6 or a Microsoft project schedule. And then they upload their job takeoff or their material takeoff. And we make sure to give them the lead times for all of that material. We give them the date they must order it by. If they're at risk of not doing that, we send them and, the, and their um, manager a bunch of alerts saying, hey, our system has detected that next week you're supposed to start um, you know, light gauge framing on the project and there's no light gauge framing metal on the way to the job site. You need to get it ordered. So we make it so that those companies can never miss schedule dates. So that takes a lot of the stress and complexity off of the project teams. Previously, I would have been calling my subcontractor, sending emails, you know, trying to coordinate with them manually, which again, adds all that complexity and stress and cost and risk to, you know, my shoulders. And so what we also do, like I said, is that same system can get them the best pricing. So most customers, most contractors right now only get pricing for two or three from two or three suppliers. Oh, I use them all the time, right? Well, if you would have gotten quotes from say 10 suppliers, including some of the local suppliers in the area, you might've been able to save 3% on your material costs. So we do that for them as well. So, you know, overall what we're building is, you know, these tools help with um, improving the projects, but in improving the projects, you're also helping the people. So, you know, there's a, a myriad of different use cases on how digital software improves schedules, right? You know, RFIs are a common one. Um, we can handle RFIs between the subs, the GC and the owner, um, which removes some of those delays in communication. So. Overall, there's no question that, you know, software and digital solutions, especially ones where it allows you to trust one another, um, are a great benefit to both the projects and the people in construction. And one of the other things I haven't mentioned is the counterparty benefits, right? So it's one thing for our software or for a software to benefit one company, right? Whoever pays the bills. So if you look at the Procores of the world, great, great company, great software, but it's only made really for one stakeholder, the general contractor. As a subcontractor, I go, Procore doesn't really help me. I have my own processes, right? It actually just, 
is a pain because on one job, I have to use Procore. On the next job, I have to use BIM 360. On the next job, I have to use, um, you know, Builder Trend. Or all three so at once. It, 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 <laughs> right? And so as a sub or as a supplier or as even like the owner or someone, I'm like, this doesn't benefit me. But the blockchain allows benefits that hit all of those parties because the blockchain is a neutral technology that gives all of us the same benefits. So remember what I said earlier about automation of the lien waiver or automation of procurement um, processes. We're not just automating for the general contractor. The GC saves the money of automation. They get the risk improvements of having you know, less, less um, uncertainty among those counterparties. But guess what? The subcontractor gets the lien waiver automated too. And because they can trust the software, they can trust the blockchain, they don't have to trust the general contractor. They just trust the blockchain. So now as a sub, I get the cost savings of that automation too. I get the more transparency knowing that my invoices are going to be seen or have more visibility to the GC and the owner. So it's more likely I get paid or less likely I don't get paid. Same thing again with an insurance company, right? Insurance company, we're working with Chubb Insurance, the biggest insurance company in the world. They normally go, hey, we need all that insurance data from you because we don't trust you, right? Chubb's business is built on charging you the correct premiums. So they need to know what your payroll was. They need to know if there was a, a safety, you know, an accident. Well, currently they have to build that trust manually, right? I send an auditor into your office for three days. Let me see all the paperwork. Let me confirm this is right. Again, think about the blockchain. There's no way that data could have been changed when you have the blockchain. So now the insurance company who could care less really about a Procore or something like that. Now they go, oh, wow, there's no way that data can be accurate. So now with one click, they can download their audit and know that from a risk perspective, it's okay. And so think about the millions and millions and millions of dollars at scale that can be saved in construction when we can all trust one another. And those benefits, they hit the entire project and all the stakeholders. You know, so again, this is kind of where um, we believe blockchain is the future in you know collaboration, trust, data. I mean, kind of across the board. One of the reasons that the industry leaders are trying to invest in us right now is because they see it's very possible that DigiBuild is Netflix and they're Blockbuster. Blockchain makes sense for the future of construction. It's an ideal technology for the things we do in managing construction projects and owning construction projects as well, or owning developments as well. I love it. You touched on something just a second ago that we hadn't talked about yet, and it was more so related to safety. I assume there's some sort of integration with workplace safety as well, so that way you can track certain things that happen on the job site. Yeah, so you know, short term within our platform right now, we have standard safety modules for making sure you know companies have their toolbox talks and making sure that um, you know warnings and um, you know different things like that, documents from OSHA you know, uh, making sure all that is collected and captured in a way that is, you know, proper and reduces the likelihood of safety incidents. Long-term, there's some kind of cool potential with blockchain, you know, for safety as well. And not, you know, safety is one key point, but really talking data again. When we pre-qualify companies in construction, obviously it's an extremely important part of all of this. And safety is one of the components of pre-qual that has to happen. But going back to what we said earlier, the non-transparency of databases. When I'm pre-qualifying you, I have no idea if the information you're giving me is accurate, right? 
we've all filled out a pre-qual form and we've all seen those questions. Have you ever had a lien on your project? No, of course not. Even though everyone we know has had a lien on their project. Have you ever had a safety incident on your project? Mm, nope, never have, even though everyone's probably had some safety incident on your project. So the point is that manual form of building trust, it really doesn't work well. And again, it's because of the separation of our databases. But what blockchain allows is for a database that's connected to everyone, that everyone could input data to, and we know where it's coming from. So what you can do is have, you know, almost a, a national or a large database where all this information is captured and those companies can't change the data. They don't self-report the data to you where it's, it's, it's accurate. So there's a future where you have data insights kind of almost like you have in a video game or in fantasy football nowadays, right? You go in there, okay, this player or this company is known for being great and not having any, any uh, safety incidents. And because of the provenance of data with blockchain, like we mentioned earlier, we know that this data comes from a valid source. You could take that further to, okay, talking about schedule. I want to work with a GC that is known for hitting the schedule on 90% of their projects. Blockchain gives you one big database that allows you to say, okay, you know, this company, uh, VCC Construction, is known for hitting their schedule dates. So blockchain also has a huge future in data insights, pre-qualification, credit and reputation systems as well. And safety is a big part of that because if you attach the blockchain to say the OSHA logs or the OSHA database, now you have a nationwide database. And when a company comes to you and says, oh, uh, um, safety incidents? No, I haven't had any of them. You're connected to the OSHA database via the blockchain. You go, wait, this company's had multiple safety incidents. There's the true information. So the things you can do again with blockchain are just, you know, really, there's a lot of potential behind it, even for things like safety. As you mentioned in your upbringing of being on the job sites when you were young, you can probably remember the day where there was a lot more, I think, pride about the trades and a lot more um, generational, uh, I think, relationship with the trades. I've observed over the last, you know, 30 years or so, this increasing sophistication in the construction industry. And it, it's widely understood that the construction industry is decades behind on this technology that, that you're delivering now. And I'm curious about your kind of global perspective of how we can still maintain um, the personal relationships with the, the trades and our, our our work and the professions that we're all engaged in, and also that need for everybody to understand the technology and understand um, the the platform um, that we're delivering. Because as we've said in in the architecture profession, that you know the drafting programs are just a tool that we use to convey information. And talk to me a little bit about how you see that transition from you know, dirt and mud trades out on the job site all the way through the sophisticated um, project management tools. Yeah, so um, to your point, the industry is definitely transitioning, but I think relationships and kind of that, you know, those personal relationships are gonna be a, a big part of this industry for a long time. One of the things I think some people kind of think about it the wrong way, like, okay, now I have to do software. It's gonna take me away from my trade. It's gonna take me away from, um, you know, that personalization, I kind of think it's the opposite. Software is making it so you don't have to push all that paperwork. Software is making it so you can spend more time on the site with your trades, um, more time kind of directing them to the things that will help improve 
your project and their you know uh, schedule scope and budget right so if you're not having to worry about signing procurement documents or lien waivers or comparing the schedule with your takeoff because a software does that for you now you could spend more time on the job site you know managing the things that matter so i'll give an example um going back to our digi procure tool so one of the things that we do is we kick out a report to the project team so the pm the superintendent project engineer whoever and it's this report that is it shows them what items have not been procured yet like i mentioned and then also what items are at risk of not being procured in time and then also some warnings about um you know you don't have your um, submittals approved for these items right so it kicks out one report that you then take into your job site meeting your daily site meeting and then you go through it with the people hey guys here we have it all right here on one piece of paper the software helped us to get all this information in one place. Now I take it to the people and we manage that. We say, okay, you know, John from, um, you know, total flooring or whatever, we need you to get um, your, your floor tile ordered so that we don't miss that procurement date or miss that schedule date. So from that perspective, I think software helps to bring people closer. You know, you could you even have people managing projects from afar now, like, yeah, it doesn't give you the same personal touch that you would normally have, but maybe you can manage, maybe you can have 10 meetings in one day, as opposed to having one site meeting in a day because you didn't waste, you know, two hours driving to the site. So in general, I think when used properly, software helps to improve those personal connections because it brings the people together to work on the things that matter and less on the things that kind of don't really matter. Um, as far as generational goes, I, I think one of the reasons you'll continue to see at least some holdovers you know, hold over from the past ways of doing things is because many of the executives in construction right now, the decision makers are folks that kind of come from the field or come from the industry in some way that they're, they're still using a lot of those, you know, like I said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of mentality. But what you're seeing now, especially around the labor shortage in construction that is only going to get worse is you're seeing another generation moving into decision-making in construction. Um, because, uh, well, one, because it's necessary, and two, because, you know, construction's paying really, really, really well. And so that generation that's moving into the leadership is very much more comfortable with tech, right? They grew up with social media, they grew up with SaaS products, um, you know, they're used to, whether in college or in their previous jobs, working, you know, with software and things um, that make their lives easier. So I do think there is kind of a, a, a behavior psychology um, piece to it that's changing, but even some of the, you know, call it the old guard, um, who has done a great job, you know, building incredible companies and, you know, look at what's some of the building we've been able to do as a society. It's incredible. I think even they're starting to kind of recognize that software and technology is the way to go. Um, you know, like I said, we're working with, uh, you know, a couple multi-billion dollar construction companies that if you look at them and their executive leadership, you'd be like, oh no, they're not going to want to use the software. And they ended up being some of our most um, adamant about using some of our most advanced tools. So um, it's definitely changing. And last thing I'll say about that is the timing of technology adoption is becoming shorter and shorter and shorter, right? It took 30 years or you know, 15 years for Procore to catch on, but it only took like five years for some of these AI applications um, to start catching on. 
It might only take, you know, three years for, you know, uh, some smart building material to catch on. Robotics, you know, there's there's now robots that, that you know, lay bricks for you. Um, so that timing of technology implementation, not just in construction, but in all markets is becoming shorter and shorter and shorter, kind of, I guess, a version of Moore's law, you could say. Um, but yeah, that's how I feel. I think construction will get there. It's one of the oldest and largest industries in the world. Um, it's going to get there like any other industry. It's just, you know, to your point, there's kind of a, a lag time to adoption. There are a lot of large companies to, you've addressed that um, could pretty easily deploy your technology. Is there a space for uh, the small contractor uh, to engage in this? And uh, and maybe if they adopt early enough and, and understand the technology and the process as well enough to have a market advantage in, in delivering projects with your system? Yeah. Um, so, so one of the things I meant to mention earlier um, but I didn't, it's a perfect time now, is that in most markets, but even in construction especially, people are kind of technology, they don't really care what the technology is, right? Like when you use, um, let, let's say you're using like Procore or something, you don't go, uh, oh yeah, I'm going to use my Postgres SQL database Procore, right? You use Procore. You don't say the technology stack that it's built on top of. Blockchain will eventually be the same thing. People talk about blockchain right now because it unlocks things that we've never been able to do before. But in the future, you'll just say, yeah, I use DigiBuild for my procurement. You won't really care that blockchain is on the back end. You just know that it's a tool that allows you to trust all of these companies, the same way that a database is a tool that allows you to do things digitally. So that's the first piece is that I don't think it's that important, especially to mid-sized contractors or smaller contractors, what we're using. What's most important is what benefits they get from that. So we just talked to um, a large uh, drywall contractor out of New York on um, was it Tuesday, and they were extremely impressed. They're probably going to become a customer of our DigiProcure tool. So the complexity that makes it so big companies have trouble managing these projects is even worse for the small companies who don't have the resources in-house, don't have the staff in-house to manage it. They still have to manage that complexity. So being able... Our tool like DigiProcure, automating the process of finding, ordering, tracking, and managing your material, that's even more valuable to say a mid-sized subcontractor who previously would just have to have like one person. When I started my subcontracting company, I was the president and founder, but I was still doing lien waivers and procurement and you know making sure our material takeoffs were accurate and trying to collect the procurement data to see where our budgets were at having a tool that does that for you is, is just game changing. Yeah. So mid and large subcontractors are very much interested as well. Smaller subcontractors too. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, them financially being able to, you know, introduce software and, and that's coming as well. More of the small companies, just like the big ones are realizing, Hey, we have to use software. It's the future of the industry. So yeah, definitely there's a place for, you know, our products for some of the smaller companies as well especially around those pain points, right? They might not use our whole construction software suite, our Procore equivalent. They might not do that, but they'll use our individual modules, DigiProcure, DigiPay, you know, one-off solutions that solve major pain points for them. Yeah, that's, that almost seems like it's almost even more valuable for your midsize because, you know, with wage growth and, and you touched on it earlier that it's a very, it's becoming a much more lucrative career choice for those in the contracting field. So to, to try to keep up 
um, you know, you have to hire more and more and that's becoming much more expensive these days. So, well, even uh, like material, right? Like for a, right. you know, for a $5 billion company, okay, maybe they buy their, all their material at the beginning of the year. So, you know, they're less um, likely to be hit by those price increases in material. But for a mid-sized subcontractor, they don't get that. They don't have that luxury. So now it's even more important for them to have the best pricing, you know, uh, visibility into material lead times, things like that. So yeah, to your point, very important for the smaller guys. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about, you know, welfare, um, health, wellness, and, and, and sleep's very important. I, I know you're probably not getting a whole lot right now trying to build this new, new company up, but uh, what, what keeps you up at night at your, your current role? Um, I would say probably just the, I guess the speed of innovation, right? You know, kind of what we just talked about as builders, innovators, you know, ourselves at DigiBuild, we want to move fast, right? Like we see the pain points, we've experienced them. And like we've talked about throughout this, you know, podcast, the potential for what can be done with just a slight change in mindset. You know, to your point, the biggest obstacle is usually like the momentum necessary to get these companies to actually try new things, especially developers, right? Um, but just what, what keeps me up is knowing the massive improvements that can happen if companies would just say, okay, you're absolutely like software, let's bring it in, let's use it. Like there's no doubt. That's what keeps me up at night. It just doesn't move fast enough. It's, you know, kind of a snail's pace at times, especially in this industry. Um, and then you'll just see, you know, I still, I don't run my construction company anymore, but you know, our, our VPs and whatnot still do. So we still have a lot of work over there. So I see these pain points directly, both in my company and in customers of DigiBuild. And it just, you know, kind of grinds my gears. I'm like, if you would have just used a software, you wouldn't have a project that, you know, your, your casework was due on site, you know, six weeks ago, and you don't even know if it's, you know, in transit yet. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So just knowing the potential that is there, um, with a little bit of education and, um, you know, what time will bring to the industry. I think that's what really keeps me up at night. Um, I also think, you know, I'm very much, a, a, I try to be a student of kind of the macro of what's happening. Like I said, you know, um, you know, geopolitical and, you know, macro finance. I think it's really, there's a lot of uncertainty um, coming. It's already bad in supply chain and labor. I think it's only going to get worse, um, you know, high level, we're not doing enough to address that. I think um, you have a lot of what I call rent seekers in construction that have established a very powerful, large place in the industry. And literally, they're just a third party rent seeker. Um, you know, not to call anyone out specifically, but you know, th there's just, there's things that software can do that makes those third party rent seekers irrelevant. And you see those third-party rent seekers trying to stop software or slow prog technology down to keep themselves relevant. You know, title companies are one example, right? When you have software that can digitally escrow things and trust each other, why would you have title companies that slow things down? They add cost. Software can manage all of that risk that title companies do for owners. Um, so again, I don't mean to call them out directly. It's just in construction, you see a lot of participants who have gotten really rich from things staying in the old ways, who are slowing things down from like the new ways that will be beneficial for everyone except for them, right? So um, I think that's kind of the, the macro uncertainty and then some of the rent seeking and some of the speed that the industry moves is what keeps me up at night. But hey, like you said, sleep is overrated. 
<laughs> Sleep when you're dead. And, and, yeah. Yeah. You know, taking down five coffees behind my computer right here. <laughs> yeah. So re- reflecting a little bit on obviously your, you know, your current position and the, the future that you have, if you were to look forward um, in a hundred years and you're going to Wikipedia, your name and or the company, um, you know, what is the legacy? What's the, the product that you're going to build and what is it going to leave behind? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think, I guess I would, you know, quote what our motto is as a company. Um, and that is, is that we're building software to revolutionize construction projects, profits, and people. So we want to help the projects. We want to help the companies make more money and we want the people to be less stressed and, you know, in a better mental place. So I would say, um, you know, I see us as a, a Procore plus blockchain in the future, um, you know, that we've really improved an industry using software, especially one, you know, that's so construction is just like even people who don't know construction. Like when you tell them about all the issues and the lack of trust, they're like, yeah, I've heard that about construction. Like no one trusts each other. Nothing gets done on time. So like even people who don't know our industry at all, our industry has a name for being crappy, not a good industry. So I hope our legacy at DigiBuild and my legacy would be really helping to improve that, uh, creating a company that not only, like I said, made everyone more profitable, but made the people and the relationships better. And then, you know, if you're talking 100 years, there's just going to be insane things that happen that I would love to be at the ground floor of. You know, you're going to see things like advanced robotics. Um, If you look at all the crazy things happening in like the web 3.0 space, you may have heard of NFTs, non-fungible tokens. You may have heard of DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations, um, crowdfunding these projects. All of those things are going to make their way to construction. Eventually, you might have a situation where a construction project is built, you know, half, you know, 80% by robots. Your project software is more like your intelligent digital assistant. So it does a lot of the things for you and you just kind of give it like, okay, yeah, that works. Okay. I approve. That makes sense. And then the project might even be owned by a decentralized autonomous organization that is 5,000 individual retail investors, or maybe not, maybe 10,000 retail investors who all pooled their money to finance the development, who all have a token with a weighted voting right. So they're voting on decisions for the future of that development, um, for uh, you know important decisions in general. So, I hope that DigiBuild, and I believe that DigiBuild will be one of the companies that is um, you know leading that charge into the kind of the new age, or uh, you know the next hundred years of construction. Um, but you know, right here, right now, we're focused on improving the things day to day that you know burden companies building, like I said, supply chain payments, things like that. So that's where I hope, and then you know, obviously, I hope. If we get there, obviously, it'll give us a lot of opportunities to help people at scale, right? Like if we were a billion dollar company right now, we might be able to help with what's happening overseas in Ukraine or um, even in our back door with poverty and things like that. So obviously, there's then the, you know, the, the people side of things that comes along with being a successful company at scale. And we believe we'll get there and do great things one day. That's awesome. That's uh, maybe that's another episode here. The, the, the future of construction of others on the show and mused about what, what the future of construction could look like. And there's several instances that we're seeing right now that kind of reflect what people think of, of what's coming, but to have a, a full episode on that might have to, might have to show up pretty soon. 
Oh, absolutely. Happy to. I think that's a super fun conversation because there's just so many things with construction being antiquated and like people laugh at certain things, but it's like, okay, 10 years ago, people were laughing at like reusing rockets and using them to fly to the moon or Mars. And here we are, right? Same thing with construction. Like people laugh now at NFTs at like in retail commenting and people are LOL. What are you talking about? No, not going to happen. And then, you know, you look, you know, there's a company called Proppy. They just turned a house in Tampa, Florida into an NFT, a non-fungible token and sold it, right? So these things will make their way. Not all of them, like markets will decide what does and doesn't, but technologies of the future are coming sooner than people think. So yeah, I'd be happy to come back and uh, nerd out on all of that one day. Uh, Robert, is there anything that uh, an idea or a concept or something that you constantly think about um, that, uh, that you think should be explained or should be out there in the world? Yeah, I, I think for me personally, um, it is the meaning and extension of life. Um, I, one of my favorite entrepreneurs basically says that technology's ultimate goal is to reduce scarcity, right? So, you know, Facebook reduced scarcity of interactions between people by giving you a, a digital platform. Um, you know, your, your fintech tools reduces the scarcity of money because you're trying to make more money, right? Or you're trying to do that. So technology's ultimate goal is always to reduce scarcity. The most scarce and important thing in, in anything is life. And I think it's really, it's amazing, but it could also be a tragedy that we have so much in life, you know, love, meaning, you know, I would stand in front of a bullet for certain people in my life and give it up to not understand what that means and to not want to extend that is something I just think it's unacceptable. You know, there is research that, you know, aging and longevity can really be improved. And um, I think it's for us to realize that as a society, if we start with the meaning of life and start thinking about that more, more attention would then go to like, why are we not trying to stay here to answer these questions? Um, I mean, again, look at what's happening in, in Ukraine right now. Like there's even talks of nuclear war that could wipe everyone out over some man-made fake borders that really mean nothing. Like the border of Ukraine and Russia at scale in the universe, the size of the universe with stars and potentially multiverses and things like that. The fact that we would even consider nuclear over some man-made border just shows that we don't get it. So to me, um, what do I like think about what I would answer if I could, what does life mean and how can we extend it or make it better? Sorry if that's a nerdy answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. You're definitely, definitely not alone in uh, the thoughts and the thinking and there's several, several books on the subject, but it, it's everything. It, something that everyone tackles with. So I agree. That's, that's a good answer to the question. Well, uh, while we wrap up here, I wanted to give you some time to, to tell you know, our listeners a little bit more about how they can find out more about you, Robert, and DigiBuild, and um, if there's anything else that you'd like to leave with everybody. Absolutely. Well, you know, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. You know, really appreciate what you guys are doing. I think talking technology, like 
social media is one of the things that's still behind in construction as well, but it's coming, right? You're seeing podcasts, you're seeing, you know, LinkedIn, you're seeing a lot more activity on retweet, Twitter. Um, so really props to you guys for being with podcasts have. So that's awesome. And thank you. As far as DigiBuild goes, if you'd like to learn more, you can go to digibuild.com. Uh, you can look me up uh, at, on LinkedIn, uh, Robert J. Salvador, or look up DigiBuild Software. Uh, feel free to email info at digibuild.com uh, for more information on our products. Product-wise, you know, like I said, we offer a general construction management tool. It can do everything Procore can do, you know, from photos to RFIs, things like that. So if you're a general contractor, owner, developer, um, you can look at that. And then we also offer individual tools for general contractors and subcontractors, DigiProcure for supply chain, DigiPay for payments. So um, reach out and uh, we're happy to give you a demonstration, kind of show you some of the case studies. Um, you know, we're proud that we're offering results that are, you know, being, you know, applauded by the industry as, as very useful and effective. So we'd love to talk to you if you're interested. Other than that, you know, thank you so much for having me and uh, keep building.